I'm Elena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, technical interviews with prominent women in tech. Behind some of the software products that we use is a team of researchers. Research in the software industry plays an important role in the development of new products. From coming up with ideas to evaluating existing approaches, researchers work with other teams within an organization to provide insights and direction. Beth Toland, head of experience research at Asana, talked about what user research consists of and how this influences how a product is developed. We also talked about the process of conducting research at a software company and some examples of its use at Asana. Before we begin, I'd like to thank DigitalOcean for being a sponsor. DigitalOcean offers a simple and developer-friendly cloud platform. It makes managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple options for your cloud infrastructure, and access to the infrastructure services that you need for scaling. DigitalOcean also has a great community. They provide thousands of tutorials that are super easy to follow. This helps you stay up to date on the latest open source software and frameworks. Get started on DigitalOcean for free with a free $100 credit by going to do.co slash women in tech. That's do.co slash women in tech. Thank you. Beth Toland, Head of Experience Research at Asana, is joining us today. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's fun to be here. In a blog post that you wrote titled, The Key to Solving Problems Smarter, a User Researcher, you mentioned that understanding your users is vital to the business long-term success. Can you give a quick overview or what are some of the things that we can understand from our users? Sure. So the biggest couple things I think are understanding their motivations and their behaviors, because what people say, what people do, and what they say they do are all different things. And so when you have someone on experienced research who's helping you to understand the differences in all those things, it can be really helpful that you are designing something that is truly for the need of the customer underlying what they may or may not know that they need. And so untangling those is, I think, one of the real benefits of an experienced research team. Can you talk a bit about what user research consists of? Sure. So teams look to us to bring an objective kind of outside-in view of our customer needs. In our team in particular, we have uh, the span of tactical and strategic research Tactical looks at how do we do solving for a particular problem. And then strategic is thinking about ahead. You know, what problem could we be solving that may not exist yet or that we don't know of? And so the research team here, at least, solves for that range of challenges. Can you give an example of something in the tactical area? Sure. Things that fall in the tactical area are, you know, uh, does this button placement make sense? Do people understand this label? Can people find the thing that we want them to find? So this is more of starting out, there's the product, it's already there, people are using it, and just looking at how they're using it and things like that? 
Exactly. So by the time that you get to the more tactical stuff, it's we've already kind of implemented an idea and we want to see, did we get it right? So if you think back on the strategic end of things, we are seeing like, what is the space like? What does it mean to collaborate? And what's our role in the world of collaboration? One of the ideas that we may have to solve that is, for example, Timeline, which we released recently. Once that gets implemented, we want to see like, how did we do? Are people finding it easy to use? Do all the features match the expectations of the customer? So it's it's already implemented and we're seeing, did we execute on this idea that we had way back in the strategic side when it was all lofty big idea? Once it's in people's hands, are they able to use it in the way that they were hoping to? Since you started mentioning specific features, I think it's a good point to give more context to this. Can you talk about what Asana is doing? Sure. So we make software that help people track, organize, and collaborate on their work so that we are trying to take the work about work out of it and people can focus more on the bigger problems that they're really trying to solve. What have been some of the bottlenecks that have been discovered while you and your team have been looking at this space of tracking, organizing, and collaborate, how people collaborate with their teams? There's some really interesting things that we've found and we're trying to work around. So I think about Asana, the tool, as just a manifestation of the culture itself. We have a lot of free-flowing information within our company and in the product. We're very transparent as a company. And we notice that in other companies, it's not quite so free-flowing. There's not quite that same sense of transparency that happens. So that can be a bottleneck. In general, work dynamics, I think, can cause kind of a stifling effect. People have um, a tendency to protect information and use freedom as power, not and not for good, but for evil. And, you know, that's sort of hyperbole, but that kind of behavior gets in the way. So that's definitely some things that we've seen that get in the way. And Asana is out to help unblock that kind of behavior, um, help sharing, cross-information. And just in general, when you get to tracking things, when you get to organize, it's a big, it's a release. It's one of those things, it's an aha moment for people when you go from paper and pen from spreadsheets and you actually can kind of see the work manifest and go along from one person to another in a really easy way. Those are unblockers and really excite people. I see. I want to, now that we have some context, I want to go back to talking a bit more about research, particularly since this is the area that you're currently focused on. We mentioned before there are these two areas, the tactical research and the more strategical. Can you talk about some of the methodologies that you use in the research? Sure. So tactical side employs more usability focused, very direct and straightforward kind of a questioning because we want to see some very specific behaviors in people. You know, one example is a time to task. How long does it take someone to complete a certain task? That would be on the tactical side. On the strategic side, user journeys is a, a good example there. We um, did a user, user journey for mobile, I don't know, probably about a year ago. And on that side, it was, it was thinking about, you know, how does mobile fit into the workplace? We have, I think, a good sense about how uh, mobile devices are used in um, retail and shopping and that kind of thing, but we have less of a pulse on that when it comes to work behaviors. And so we wanted to see what does it look like for someone to use their mobile device from a work perspective. So we journeyed that out 
uh, to see at you know times when they were using their mobile device to sort of just check in or when they had to escalate to quote unquote real work, where are the places that these things are happening? The next big step to that though for me that I'm really excited about is now what is the relationship that mobile has to the web in a more unified way. Again, I'll use the example of retail and shopping. We have a pretty good sense of you know, when people might browse on their phone to you know, look through all the options of you know, the dress that they need for their friend's wedding, but they're gonna commit on the web and then go back onto the phone for maybe liking things. But we don't have that sense of how that works from working standpoint. So from your job, like how are you using the two to interrelate? I think we have a very shallow understanding of that. So that's the kind of thing that we would use um, on the strategic side. Um, and the user journeys has um, served us pretty well so far on that one. And by user journeys, you mean you're observing people in their day-to-day work? Yeah. So yes, it's a very detailed outline of what people are doing step by step by step throughout, in this case, throughout their day with their mobile device. People have a tendency, we all have a tendency to sort of skip steps when you try and report back. And so um, with a user journey, we really go through with the participants and understand a, a kind of like a And then what? And then what? And help us fill in the gaps to what their day might be. And it's really fun because they get to, they're reminded like, oh yeah, this is where I am. Or um, I guess I get, I get on the treadmill with my phone. And then I, and so they, they sort of, they talk about their day and we document it pretty detailed. Another thing that we've been starting to do lately is using data that the customer or user allows us to look at simply just maybe by looking at their search together in Asana and using that as the inspiration for what happened throughout a day or throughout a week. And when you're looking at these user studies and the user data that's available, are you looking at making a generalization on something? Yeah. So what we do is we interview a lot of people so that we can kind of find out what the medium is and then we can understand what the outliers are. So we have a good sense of what that whole looks like. Yeah, we're trying to create a generalization of what an ideal journey might look like or a real journey might look like. And then, you know, in this particular case, we were just interested in where there's opportunities. So the next step was to identify opportunities for Asana to fit in. It's kind of another way that I think about the tactical and the strategic. Tactical work is about how is Asana performing in a particular way, whereas on the strategic side, I think more about what is the problem space and then how can Asana fit into that problem space. And this particular instance, yeah, we were trying to create a generalized journey in which we could find opportunities for Asana to fit in. Another way might be to use a user journey and say, how do we optimize this journey so that we can maybe the onboarding journey, right? We want that to be as streamlined as possible if we document what the journey is now, how do we remove unnecessary or painful steps? I see. And you're talking a lot about how this research helps Asana. Asana is a software. Do you have to have a technical background to do user research because in the end this research is gonna impact a product? So I came from the apprentice model, so I don't personally believe that you have to have formal or technical training. Certainly it helps when you want to have conversations with engineers, with designers. Those are all skills that you can build up. So I don't think you have to have that kind of background. I think what really helps is the ability to get to the right question, 
to facilitate conversations and facilitate knowledge, to understand the business. Those are all kinds of things that I think are foundational and really important. I can, you know, kind of brought up many researchers and almost none of them have had a formal or technical background, but they're still super strong. I see. Can you explain a little bit for those that are not familiar with this, what an apprentice model looks like? Sure. So my background happened to be in design, but I worked at a consultant agency that acquired a team who was doing research, sort of the applied ethnography, the business ethnography, the, you know, going into either people's homes or to their workplaces, basically just learning who they are instead of just asking them um, usability type of questions. So that behavior kind of angle. And the agency that I worked at was really supportive about putting teams together that were diverse and helping each other learn. So we had a major and a minor. At the time my major was information architecture, but my minor became research because I would do follow-alongs and I went through the process of taking notes and the operations of research. And then I became a junior researcher and on up the line. And certainly my design background helped, but I was really starting fresh. It was just, was not a role that I had any idea about existed. And, you know, once I found out about it, I thought, wow, this is so right for me. Coming from a design background, you know, a lot of times you are, um, you start out in production. So you sort of like, do what people are asking you to do. But my mentor at the time really did a nice job of helping us back up and ask questions. You know, who is this designed for? Who is the audience? What's the purpose? And those are the kinds of questions that made me interested in the research world. And so I've been really keen to help other people who are interested in moving in the research domain, um, encourage them that you don't have to have necessarily a formal background, that you have life experiences and background that that could be really well served. And just to highlight some of the important things that you said are your design background helps, but also asking the right questions and facilitating this communication between the users, the researchers, and the product teams, right? Exactly. I really see our role in the company as facilitators of knowledge and insights. We're not the holders of the information. We certainly have certain um, skills to getting those questions and to facilitating the information. But I really see the research role in this company and, and all the companies that I've worked at before and led teams as the facilitator of information. So it's really important for us to help others have the same level of understanding and knowledge that we have about the customer. So that's it's a critical component, I think, to any researcher is that ability to facilitate. And sometimes that's, you know, we go and get the information from the customer and we bring, you know, our team along with us. Sometimes that's just about facilitating the knowledge within the team that's already existing and they just don't know how to pull it out. When you are, have these findings from the customers and from doing user research, you mentioned earlier these are communicated later to other teams. How do you structure these findings from the research to advise the product team? So it really depends on what the team needs. Asana is pretty great in that our engineering culture, our product and design culture, everybody is super involved. Um, so in whatever method that we're using to gather insights from customers, they're with us. So one approach that we have is we do debrief, which is basically just sense making of 
you know, whatever customer session or interview we just had with the rest of the team. And that helps us get a kind of a pattern making from the different sessions that we have. So that in itself is a kind of deliverable, even though it's not something that you can put in your hand. The researcher will help facilitate, you know, what did we hear? What sounded surprising to us? What was a, a pattern or something that we feel like we hear all the time? Is it different in this context? So just kind of helping the team make sense. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's something like this user journey um, that we talked about earlier that's you know, a model um, showing you know, time and how people fit on this time and where opportunities are. So there's a spectrum. I think you know, we also use Asana. So Asana is a, a great way for us to socialize the information that we have across teams as a sort of like hold in your hand kind of deliverable as well. We also take the opportunity to go team to team and workshop, like especially for the bigger, more strategic projects. You know, how can we apply this? How can you apply this to the work that you're doing is another kind of deliverable. So we don't really have a single way of doing it. I think that's for the best because it really just depends on what the team's need is and what their uh, sort of appetite is at the time. Exactly. And I want to understand a little bit more the functionality that Asana provides because you mentioned you use Asana and that sort of helps you understand more the product and figure out what questions to ask. Can you just give a quick overview of some of the main functionality of the product? Sure. So the sort of, we've got the atomic unit of a task. So, you know, we are pretty free to assign uh, tasks to each other, which is wonderful. It's very freeing to be able to be in a meeting and just say, yeah, we've got that. You can just send me a task. And that happens at all levels. So there's the task and then that goes into project. And so that's sort of like the crux of the whole product are projects for us. So our work from a research perspective goes in to a project, either specific, you know, asking specific questions about a feature or repositories. So we have a library of data and information that we have to keep us smart about our, our discipline. Um, we also have templates and resources in a project as well. But So that's sort of like the foundation. But we have other features that help us. Like I just mentioned, templates are a really fantastic way to leverage other people's knowledge and experiences for how they've done things before. Timeline is another that I've mentioned. Uh, portfolios has been one of the recent ones that's super exciting because you get to see a roll-up and a status and sort of keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on across your team. And that's, I think, another been another really exciting feature that we have. And the users of Asana vary across industries, right? For sure. We have we vary industry and we vary role type. So we have a sweet spot. We have right now, we operate very well. So we have a variety of industries. We work particularly well right now in technology space, but we also reach retail, a range of different industries, also a range of different role types that we aim to help as well. There's you know senior level executives with reporting, but then there's also the contributor who is you know really trying to organize their day and understand what the most important priorities and things are that they should be doing. So it's an interesting challenge to address the needs of that range of roles and industry types. Can you give an example of a finding that you saw after conducting research that made it 
to the product that led to a, either a new feature or, or a change in the product? Oh, sure. The team is working on things every day that make it into the product. Probably the biggest thing that just launched was the homepage and the team page, which is they're just in their very first steps of evolution. But those came out of hearing people say that they needed a grounding, they needed a place to get oriented and land. And I think that that's also so that we have so we have the homepage, which has your important projects. We also just rolled out, you know, the highlight of the focus of your most important task for the day. And like I said, it's in its infancy of the things that we think that it could add value to. But I think that's a good example also where trying to understand and offer the right feature for the right type of person. In this case, we think that there's a certain type of user who's going to value the homepage, and there's another type of user who won't value it, and they'll have a different kind of a landing experience. We think that the team page, where you can see the projects that the team is working on, who is on that team, we think that that's going to be valuable for everybody, but we think in particular that bigger teams and bigger companies are going to get a particular value out of that. And that all came from talking to customers. Incrementally, we're improving the interface, and those are coming from insights from people. So almost everything that we do is informed directly by talking to customers at some point or another. Does that influence in how you decide which customers to talk to or what sample of customers are you going to be observing? Oh, yes. That's such a great and tricky question. <laughs> yes, it matters a lot who we talk to for what reason. Not everyone is going to values, you know, certain features we have. And so, you know, the more you talk about usability, the kind of thing where it's like, everyone should understand the basic functionality of how this thing should work, your pool can be broader. So we can talk to a wider range of people. When we talk about valuing a particular feature, that's when we have to be super crisp on who we're talking to so that we're making sure that we get the right signal from the type of audience that we think we should be going after. You know, the same person who is looking at portfolios and we think we'll get a value out of that feature is not necessarily the same one that we think is going to get the value out of a home page. And so we have to be super clear about who we're talking to. And we talk to people who are customers and non-customers. I think that's another differentiator for you know the experience research team as opposed to, say, your customer success or sales, is that we're also trying to understand the potential market, not just who um, we've designed for. Recruiting is Recruiting for participants is one of the trickiest, challenging things I think a researcher has to deal with. What are some of the challenging things in terms of recruiting? Well, finding just that right person is the challenge. You write a, a what's called a screener, you know, to help to find, you know, are you at the right role, at the right, as you mentioned, industry. So there's that, like getting them to, getting the language so that, you know, your senior level person is the same type of senior level person I'm thinking of. So having people understand that. Just so getting people to be collaborative with you, to talk, to have ideas can be a challenge. So we have to write things into that screener that give us a little signal into, are you going to be able to kind of jam with us in a conversation? Are you excited or interested in this topic? Another thing that's really interesting here is that because of the type of tool that we have, People will see who will, they have questions, will, you know, sign up for sessions and have, and want us to teach them 
uh, how to use Asana. And we have to say, no, no, you know, um, we need to ask you questions about how you work. So those are challenging. Another challenge, you know, I've worked in travel, I've worked in online retail, and those things are really easy to get people to talk to you about. It's really tough to get people to take time out of their day to talk to you about productivity. So that's another challenge that we have. Exactly. And I also think is because it's a little bit more abstract productivity or if people have their own ways of doing things and they may not even realize they're doing shortcuts and that kind of thing, which is, I think, why it's useful to just observe them working and then you notice those things. That is so right. What, you know, we have other colleagues who are in, you know, cloud software business and, and that kind of thing. But it matters so much for us to see how people are operating because, like you said, they don't even notice that they're doing these things, that they're taking a quick note on a sticky or so many times we've said, wait, what, what are you doing? Oh, this thing? This is just, you know, and it's the fourth, you know, tool in their kit that they use to track or, or to, you know, to understand their work. So, yes, that's just, it's so true and such a challenge to, to keep an eye out for that. Before we finish, I just want to ask you this last question. What is some advice that you would give to somebody that's looking into getting into user research, experience research? So I would say leverage the research community. You know, here, at least, you know, on the West Coast, it's a pretty big community. Overall, it's worldwide and quite generous. So I would say um, get involved in the community because it's a pretty wonderful, probably one of the best that I've been in. And like I said, I've been in design too. I think the other few things, so that was sort of like in the research world. I think a couple other things that I would say is know the business. That's been one of the most critical parts of, I think, how we run research here and how I've thought about research in general is it's really important to know the business that you're in. You'll be taking much more seriously and I think have a much greater influence in the company if you do. I think the other thing is ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And the only question in the room, leaders ask questions. And the other is define your own opportunities where you can. So just because the role or the department or the skill doesn't exist where you see it doesn't mean that it can't exist to kind of like have that, that mindset wherever you are in your career stage. Beth, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It's been real fun. Thanks to DigitalOcean for being a sponsor of the show. Go to do.co slash women in tech to get started for free with a free $100 credit and get your application on the cloud. That's do.co slash women in tech. Thank you.